to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey there, bright lights. How are you today? I'm so glad that you are here with me and that we get to take this time with every episode kind of have those moments of pause on our life to pull back, get out of the weeds, and think about the bigger picture, put things in perspective, and hopefully inspire you even a little bit to do something bold every time you listen, to take that next aligned action, that next right step. And I'm really excited to let you know In September, I do have a few private coaching opportunities opening up. I don't do a whole lot of these because I do work full-time, but I love working one-on-one. It's one of my favorite things to do, to really hear from someone, dig deep into all the layers of story, to really identify the underlying fears because it always comes down to that that's holding them back, that's made them suppress what they want to the point that sometimes they've numbed out so much and gotten on the busyness hamster wheel and really let their bandwidth get drained that they don't even know they've lost touch. Having the opportunity to really pinpoint that, to really help coach someone through that, to be checking in with them on a regular basis and helping them overcome it, to just help light that fire, help clear away some of what's been clogging you and keeping your energy from flowing and your light from shining. Love doing it. I love seeing the results that people that I have the tremendous honor to work with do get. And it's not for everybody. You have to be ready for this. Uh, If you are going to be in resistance, if you're going to be one of those people that shakes your head and goes, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I get it, I know, I agree, but you're not going to make yourself a priority, make taking action a priority, take the time to make the changes and habituate the changes, then one-on-one coaching probably isn't for you. But if you've been a listener for a while, if you've been doing this work for a while, if you've been nodding your head for a while, maybe trying on your own to do things, but you're ready to take that bigger leap, you're ready to really see much more powerful change in how you show up in the world and therefore the impact that you get to have on the world. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that overwhelm, stress, exhaustion, and burnout that comes from doing work that's not energizing you, 
then this is definitely something you want to think about. You can email me at, at Angela at Architecting Podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm at Architecting Podcast. Or you can go to my website and under the coaching tab, you can find one-on-one coaching. And either way, we start out with a 30-minute call. And we do this just to figure out what is it you're hoping to get? How do I work with you? What is the experience going to be like? So we can decide together if this is your right next step. If this sounds like something you want. If you're looking to embark in a 90-day transformation through one-on-one coaching, reach out to me and let's get your call scheduled and get you on your way. You've waited long enough. You've tolerated a lot for long enough. It's time for you to have that big breakthrough, which brings me to today's topic, having your heart in the work. So many of us think that work is a dirty word. I recently had a chance to talk with some under 30s and hear how they don't live to work. They work to live and they are not interested in working all kinds of crazy hours. So high five that younger generations in the workforce are embracing the idea that grinding away, overperforming, exhausting yourself to get a bunch of tasks done isn't giving you any quality of life. That is true. No way were we put on this earth to grind away at soulless tasks and be miserable. You were put here for a purpose. But when you find your purpose... How you understand work shifts drastically. You realize that you need to be dedicated to it because it is part of why you're here. And that that dedication isn't taking away from the quality of life. It is adding to it. When we do work, that we love. When we do work that's aligned, we get energy from it. We get to what is considered that magical flow state. And I teach in my Stressless Success course how you can actually choose flow state, not, you know, happen upon it every once in a while, but you can actually get yourself into flow state intentionally. I went to Carnegie Mellon University, and the big tagline is a quote from Andrew Carnegie, who founded the university, my heart is in the work. When your heart is in the work, it's not work anymore. It's what energizes you. It's what brings you joy. It's what brings meaning and purpose to your life. Because if all we did was hang out with friends and read interesting books and binge watch Netflix, consume culture all day, it sounds good. But after a few weeks, it would start to feel really empty because there wouldn't be a bigger purpose to your life. You'd be having a lot of interesting experiences. 
you would be getting a lot of restorative opportunities in your life, all seven of those forms of rest, but you wouldn't be using your energy to go in any particular direction. So this is why work is important. Work is how you live your purpose. It's how you bring meaning to the world, how you make a difference in the world using your unique gifts and talents. So work matters. When we put work in a compartment, like so many of us do, when we only understand work as our job, when we only understand our job as something we do eight hours a day, five days a week, and those hours are defined as a typical work day, we really kind of cheapen what work really is. The dictionary will define work as activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or a result. Simple enough, except I think we often assume the purpose or the result is the deadline, hitting that next milestone in our career getting a salary so that we can pay our bills and fund other things. And when we look at work that way, of course it's exhausting. Of course it's depleting because we're trading time for dollars. We're buying into the premise that it has to be hard, that it has to be a struggle, that if it isn't, that burn that we're feeling that we must not be doing enough. And the work hard ethos isn't really appealing. So it's not that hard to understand why as we are entering newer, younger generations in the workforce who saw their parents buy into work is hard and you have to put in so much effort to get ahead and success costs a lot that they would say, not for me, not worth it. As you know, I take a really strong stand for stressless success, which means at its core that you know your why and you are choosing to develop skill sets that let you express your why and that you are looking for every opportunity to share that why with others in the way that you interact in the world. That will naturally align you with employment opportunities that feel good to you with opportunities that let you continue to have that growth mindset to continue to evolve your why, to continue to refine your why, to continue to magnify your why. And when you do that, you are claiming success on your terms, which means that What you're doing may not look like what other people are doing. What you're doing may not always make sense 
in a conventional way to understand a career, but you are continuing to grow and to advance and to make a difference. And you're relentless about that. And there's an advocacy that comes from living that purpose and that why that you're bringing around the causes you care about that's infusing into what you do. And that's what's making the difference. When I hear people say, I don't want to live to work, I want to work to live, don't always believe them that they really don't have a why. And when you say, I want to work to live, I think you need to look at what does living mean to you? Where's that higher purpose there? And most likely what you are defining as living has dissonance between what you're defining as working. You are believing that it's an either or proposition that you can't really do the things that bring you joy. You can't really have the purpose that you want at a job. I really want to challenge that because I think there's a difference between a job and a vocation. And when we find our vocation, when we get paid to do what brings us joy, what is meaningful to us, then it isn't so much about how many hours we're putting in. It's about the cause in advancing that thing that's bigger than us and making sure that we keep growing, keep refining our skill set, our abilities, our knowledge base. So that brings me to this idea of effort. Just putting in hours, just ticking boxes, just getting through what I call the compulsories of work, the chore-based tasks isn't what energizes us. And so if that is all you are seeing your job as doing for you, then I think you do have a crisis of conscience about how fulfilling and meaningful it is. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if you could set aside time in every day to continue to evolve and grow? What if you could look for the opportunities in your projects to explore more of these issues? What if you could seek out projects that afforded more of those opportunities to you? Now, it doesn't mean the chore-based parts, the compulsory goes away. I like to compare it to maintaining your household. Even though I don't think anybody loves to do dishes, we all know that if we don't clean up after ourselves, we're going to live in a pigsty. We have to do the compulsories, but we also have to make it a priority to do the parts that are meaningful for us. When you think about what would be really living, what that perfect day would really look like if it was filled with things that bring you meaning and purpose and joy. What if money were no object? What would that dream be? 
Now you start to clarify your why. Now you know how to spend your day doing things that matter and things that bring you energy. There are two mindsets, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. If you are listening to this show, there is a very high probability that you are a growth mindset person, which means you don't want to just say, teach me the basics and we'll rinse and repeat all day long. Give me my money and I will spend it to check out. If you're a growth mindset person, you are lit up about certain things. You are passionate and that passion is driving you. It's the fire that does not go out, that doesn't ever let you ignore it, that keeps on asking you, what if, how can I, what could I? And if you've been spending your time trying to stifle that fire because you think that doing your job can only happen in a fixed mindset and that there's no room for your growth mindset, that is really the crux of the problem. And people who have embraced their growth mindset, who have brought that into work, who have found a way to align the work they do with their why, are in a different place. They always see the possibilities. They always see the opportunities. They always understand the no's as a not yet. They're relentless. While we all start with this passion and we look to find meaning and we look to make a difference, we also need to be chasing mastery because the more mastery you can get, the more impact you can have, the less effort it takes to do something, which means you have more time and energy to do more. If you think about it as a child learning to write, the first mastery is to form a letter and you have to repeat making letters over and over and over again in order to be good at it. But now that you have mastered writing, you don't have to think about how to actually write. You can just let the ideas flow out of your head. And the same is true with the things you love to do. First, you have to spend the time learning the basics. You have to be consuming a lot of information. You have to be practicing with that information over and over and over again. And then you get mastery over it. And when you get mastery over it, you don't have to spend as much time on that foundational piece. You can chase that next part of it, that next step, and you can get mastery over that and so on until you are someone who is truly viewed as having deep expertise in the stuff you love doing. Someone who people seek out because they know that you know. And at every step, you've never made the process of mastery precious. I keep going back to this idea of what we did as young children because as young children, we didn't judge ourselves. If you think about a young child, that child spends all day working, 
all day mastering, all day putting effort in, because that child is driven to mastery. We call it play. We call it play when a child draws picture after picture with their crayons, when they build thing after thing with their blocks. And what do they do? They knock it right back down. Once they've spent all this time building it, they just knock it back down and they build something else because they're not making what they're doing precious. What they're finding the joy in is the mastery of the skill, the learning of the process, the cognitive processing of the relationship of cause and effect of one thing to another, the joy of expression. That is the work. That is the doing. And yet we forget that as we grow up. And we start to make it all about the end product and the result, not the mastery of the skill. We start to make the things we do so precious that the fun goes out of it because it has to be perfect. Instead of seeing that real innovation, real creativity comes from failing. Design thinking is based on failing often and failing early, on iteration, on prototyping, on letting it be the play, the exploration of the what if, so that we get mastery over the solution paths that are possible for a problem. And as we do this, we can start to trust our intuition can start to trust that you know that you know when you know and move forward more quickly. That is another mistake so many of us make is that we try to reinvent the wheel every time and not trust our own mastery. Even people who have a lot of experience are still in a thought pattern that they have to work really, 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 really hard instead of putting their mastery to work for them so that they can free up their time and their energy to keep exploring, to keep going. Because the mastery isn't about hitting a plateau and there you go, set it and forget it for the next 20 years. It really is always a process of discovery and a process of growing and a process of learning. The more mastery that you get, the bigger the issues you can explore will be. The more magnitude the opportunities you get start to have. And this is why it is so important for your heart to be in the work and for work not to be a four-letter word that we view as something negative and something bad. Work can be play. It should be play. It should be energizing and fun and an exploration and an unlocking of mastery, a constant path of discovery. That is really the key to success, that willingness 
to seek out the work that does that for you. And it doesn't take much if you just spent 10 to 20% of your day doing that kind of work, you would notice a huge shift. That's my challenge to everyone as I leave you today. How can you restructure your day so that you are starting to view work as something you get to do, not something you have to do? Find those opportunities and then please share with me what changes you start to see as a result in your attitude, in your energy, in your creativity, because I promise you they will be there. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being with me. Remember to like, rate, and review, to share your ideas, share your insights with others. It really does help build our community and help us all to support one another when it gets hard, when we lose our way to find our way back to that inspiration and that clarity. Love you all so much. Take care. Thank you for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired.